0: The following podcast may cause you to change your understanding of what it really means to be a human being. Side effects may range from a minor loss to complete annihilation of ego, a feeling of merging with something bigger than previously conceived, and a deep, abiding peace. Please, continue at mortal risk to yourself as a separate entity. Welcome in joy. Greetings everybody Welcome to episode 12 of All One Time Live My name is Ken Jenkins I hope you enjoyed the interview with Ralph Lewis He's a very good friend And Yeah Mentor But he's a friend first It was in the interview that I realized, like, how meaningful that relationship is, how rich it is. It's good to have someone in your life who is representing presence, who's demonstrating being present. Perhaps that's why I enjoy so much the time that we get to have together when we do. Now he's across the Atlantic Ocean or I guess I am, Uh, but we still connect via whatever live video application there is to talk. That's great. So I hope you enjoyed that. There will be more interviews coming up, but today I thought it was time to recap the purpose So episode 10 was sort of looking at the cast of what's happened so far in the episodes, what the takeaways were, and it's really all about being present, and what I want to talk about today is why. Why does that matter? So what? It can sound like a new agey thing, which has some sticky ickiness perhaps around its edges that we'd want to sort of clean away um, to not falsely disparage it. Maybe we want to call it something else altogether. New Age was like, I don't know, odd. Name, any names become odd when compared against actual reality, but anyways, I don't want it to seem sort of out of reach or even beyond interest because it feels new agey or something. Presence is important for, one can argue, for business, to have a sharp and clear mind, to have a driven focus, to be able to execute and prioritize and command and communicate and understand and not become overwhelmed. This has come to be the time in my life to do this podcast. At, at Long ago when I first conceived that around the age of 50 I would be doing this, I thought it would be in um, public speaking because that's what I had been doing at that time. I didn't foresee that this technology would be here to do some sort of podcast. And it feels good, man. It feels like the right thing. And it was through the events of having had a, an excellent, rich, interesting, fulfilling, rewarding, but also demanding and punishing um, corporate experience for 15 years that it was, I mean, you know, I've talked about dark teachers. What a fantastic dark teachers as far as the difficult parts of that were, as far as the, the overly demanding, poorly managed or structured, um, or planned and executed, uh, work environment it could sometimes be it was it was an amazing experience but those difficult parts uh, were fantastic teachers in the end and they you know the way the only way that I can see it now and I'm so grateful for it is that they forced me these these challenges there without good solutions, these unsustainable challenges, they had led me, I won't say they forced me, um, but I allowed myself to be led into a place where I was burning out and I was practicing mindfulness, I was even teaching a, a weekly or hosting a weekly, uh, 20 minute session on people's own time to do a, a 10 minutes of, of presence, uh, preceded by five minutes of setup, 10 minutes of the sort of presence meditation, basically anapana meditation where you're just focusing on your, your breath and then five minutes afterwards to talk about anything that came up, feelings, what it was how difficult it was how easy and the benefits of it I would practice that on my own throughout the day at different moments check in be present do it as I could in the mornings and evenings Uh, but still I was subjugating my routine my daily average to be uh overwhelmed to be trying to, like, I don't know, not quite Sisyphus, the dude that kept climbing the hill, pushing the boulder up to the top of the hill, and when he got to the top, he's at the bottom again. Not quite that. Um, But just, there were too many things that needed to be done by each person. It wasn't just me, as I've mentioned before. There were other great, great people, senior people, uh, extremely competent, way more competent than me, (laughs) Uh, who also had hit the wall or burned out. People that would be the last who you'd think would ever. Uh, And they also were surprised. And I also was surprised. I... I didn't quite get it when I saw people burning out around me. And I I understood at an intellectual level the description of it, but I couldn't quite relate to it. It's nothing I had experienced. I'd been through a lot of challenges in life, and uh, I just didn't quite get it. And when when they would be put on some extended sick leave, uh, honestly, I thought, "Oh, how nice that must be." Um, and I'll tell you, God, it is just not. And and um, I'm two plus years now since I hit the wall, and I am not back to my normal self. I have moments in the morning when I wake up and I feel like fresh and alive and invigorated and mentally 100% all cylinders firing and it doesn't last long and I used to struggle against that Um, I used to, for a long time do anything I could to deny it Uh, but now it's accepting it it's not even struggling to accept it it's just, yeah, this is how it is I'm, I'm Continuously changing on a daily basis, and in that regard, towards the better, I'm recovering from this. Uh, so, very, very slowly, I'm sharpening again and sort of, mm, I don't know, like reoxygenating my brain at a very slow pace, like enabling uh, a gradual return to have a longer period of concentration and focus that. Uh, is sustained um because as it has been with burnout and as it still sort of is any period of that kind of concentration even a conversation with someone like after i did the interview with ralph the next day and a half um i was my brain was recovering and i didn't realize it because it felt great it felt so good it's like um there are stressors another person that had burned out um had shared with me that you know stressors aren't always negative stressors they can be a positive stressor but still if your brain is recovering it can you know like push it down and, and take a while to recover like if you have a broken leg and you're you're recovering your broken leg um you know maybe physical therapy or or you know that kind of like demand exercise is painful and not fun and it you know it's like obviously you expect that it's going to cause pain and, and make it more difficult for a limited period as your your muscles and tissues restore themselves but then if there's a, a happy reason to get up and you're excited about something you you kind of detach that expectation of pain but it's still there it's not the best metaphor but anyways it serves a purpose so after any period of concentration like that, and a conversation of one-on-one is certainly at, towards the top of the list of, of demanding activities, um, there's usually a period of, of recovery, and, and which means I'm exhausted. And, and I call it, I have a small brain, because I'm aware that I actually do have limited capacity to conceive of things and execute things um but it's so much better than it had been it used to be that I, I couldn't get out of bed for a period i couldn't ride my bike uh i i mean any any small task was overwhelming any any um stimulation like light or sound was overwhelming totally sucked so This was a place that I allowed myself to be led to or I can even take ownership and say I led myself to this place but it was through an attempt to just like I was kind of thriving on stress energy I was thriving on the the non-stop like battle rhythm of go, go, go like having so much to do in this, in this poorly managed corporate environment having so much to do and just not it's not that I never would say no to something. Um, but I, I was stopped being asked because it was obvious I had so much to do. Like I had a very demanding client uh, who would call me throughout the day and and I was you know very responsive and, and helping to develop more work through the client and broaden our team globally through the the work that we were doing. Um, I was their immediate point of contact. I had reestablished a positive relationship with them where we were on the edge and being threatened to be being dropped altogether. I really secured a a much stronger relationship again, Um, one of, of trust and understanding and good communication. And it was it was great. it was exciting and to, to work with this global team of experts in fields that I had no idea about um, to, to be able to be a part of that was extremely exciting and, and in itself rewarding. But it also had so many simultaneously moving parts externally to the projects, but also internally to our business management system, administration, project management system, financial management system, like, it was simply too much for any one person to do. Uh, I had, and and that wasn't even my only job, Uh, I also had a, a position of managing for health and safety across the whole Nordic region on all projects, and that was impossible to do both, so I needed to start to delegate down the health and safety aspect which just isn't the way as the Mandalorian might advise um but it 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 just you know that job alone required 80% of someone's dedication at this level in in this organization and with these clients and, and projects um so there, there simply was too much going on. But, like I said, it had a thrill to it. It had, a, it had an attraction to it. It was almost um, like an adrenaline rush. But certainly it left me thinking of work all the time. Uh, and, and by the time that I had hit the wall, it burned out. The reaction from my friends and family uh, was less sympathetic than I had sort of expected it to be because it shocked me. But to everyone else, they said, "We're not surprised. Like you should have, you should have stopped doing what you were doing two years ago." You know, like we've seen this coming. And and I guess I would talk about it. And and in the middle of the night, I could wake up at two or three in the morning and. Just like I had a a list of things waiting for my attention, one would drop in front of me and it would have my attention, another one would drop in front of me, a problem I had to solve, a challenge of logistics, of timing, of communication, of organization, resource management, whatever, and it was a trick. To, if I happen to wake up in the middle of the night, to try to just kind of sneakily slide back into sleep without having one of those things grab my attention. Usually, I lost that challenge and the thing would, enough of them would come in that I would be awake then for a while and wasn't sleeping much. And this is quite common. This happens to a lot of people. Probably many of you can relate to this sort of thing. It's not healthy. Sleep is extremely restorative to the brain uh, just can't say enough good things about sleep and i can tell you from my direct experience having hit the wall what an important activity sleep is to let yourself restore to unplug that is probably a, as good of a segue as any into, really, the, the, the thrust of this episode 12. Why is it important, presence? Why? In sleep, we're not demanding our thoughts to be here or there in the past or in the future and we may be dreaming, but it is, mm, some dreams actually can be a bit stressful and can require some brain activity. So I won't get too far into uh, that comparison with dreams, but certainly being present and sleeping and resting the mind. And being present, it is a rest for the mind. It is and 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 practicing being present. It, to me, it felt like a risk. To me, it felt like ah, oh, if I'm if I'm not always thinking about the million things that I have to do and, and how I'm going to complete them, how I'm going to solve these problems, like I'm not going to be able to do it. I I was convinced of that. Had been conditioned and trained to believe that I had been rewarded for being constantly absorbed in project, client, or work-related thought and activities. Um, I got jazzed about it myself if I came up with some solution at an off hour and sent an email, and it was, you know, well received and, and helped us advance to the next stage in whatever we we're working on like I was chuffed but it's not uh, healthy to be obsessively constantly climbing or active in the past or future and the fear was that if I wasn't doing that then I would forget things I wouldn't get things done and this is what is not the case This is like, as an example again from direct experience, at those moments when I have felt again uh, that I was fully restored, all cylinders firing. This is after a good sleep. This is after a rested mind during vipassana meditation these 10-day meditation courses when you meditate for 12 to 14 hours a day in silence there's no speaking no touching no eye contact Uh, you can on that note ask questions of the teachers during certain designated periods of the day Uh, there's no reading no writing you are simply being and One of the side notes there is if you have trouble sleeping, don't stress about it. The reason is you are resting your mind all day and your mind may not need the same amount of sleep as it used to in the evening. On the other side of that coin, maybe you've had the experience of being so completely exhausted at the end of the day that when you... When your head finally hits the pillow, you're out immediately. And that also isn't the best thing. Uh, As part of my recovery, I went through a rehabilitation program in Stockholm called Bregi, which is fantastic. That specializes in this level of burnout. You understand the physiology behind it, the frontal cortex, the the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, the the functions that are related and that are challenged or suppressed, um, that are put offline, the side effects that you feel physically, mentally, emotionally, the types of situations that trigger this sort of avalanche of uh, neural response and and again, a, a sympathetic nervous system shutdown due to perceived overwhelming stress and uh, the slow recovery of the parasympathetic nervous system because you hadn't ever given it a chance for the past period of time that you were living under this sort of constant go-go-go stress uh, environment and the things that you can do now to, to encourage the restoration of a healthy parasympathetic nervous system response so that you can recover from this overwhelming stress. They had done an excellent job of presenting this information and of, of teaching us how to apply it on a daily basis. This was 4 days a week for about 3 or 4 hours a day. And you're in the company of other professionals that was so comforting to to not feel like some loon cuz honestly i i think i've actually seen this happen in the states um but it's not recognized in the states so it just always seemed like someone with mental difficulties or something instead of someone with an actual physical condition or a legitimate medical condition um and the brain is a physical apparatus as much as anything else uh and when you know something sort of becomes overwhelmed or goes offline it's like having problems with your heart or some other organ Uh, and to see it recognized here, and to be in the company of other, you know, fully-fledged, competent adults that have just suddenly found themselves in this disorienting place of being unable to do simple things. Uh, I was unable to read, I had to drop out of choir, I had to drop out of a Swedish course that I'd had taken, you know, when I was given sick leave because I thought I've got this momentum. I'm going to, you know, capitalize on it. Ha ha ha. I'm away from work. This is, you know, ridiculous. And it wasn't like the doctors knew before I did what was going on Um, to be in the company of others that that have had such uh, limitations on their cognitive ability. Uh, and there and then the subsequent physical ability, mental, emotional physical and and I will say spiritual, and I'll get to that in a moment um, that was so comforting to to find myself in sort of the company of of others having faced and and facing currently the same situation. It was very, very good so this parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, restoration and recovery. This is something that for me as an individual it is the best guess from the, the uh, psychiatrist there um, is that due to like my development uh, the circumstances of my life during key points of my development I may not have had the chance to uh, develop the recovery system in the same way that, uh, the average person does. And I can say from others I've known in life that have had similar situations, it seems to, to carry through. And certainly this is coming from her professional opinion. Uh, and when she, she made the connection between, these extraordinary uh, circumstances during my early years of, of, of pain that I wasn't able to uh, find relief from or recover from with my ears uh, and then maybe further with uh, bullying when I was very young with the kids in the neighborhood before going to preschool those early, early years. That, that may have contributed to a limited capacity in recovery. Uh, it's a guess, but the those activities that help that have helped me as an adult and that help any brain uh, reestablish a, a healthy system of coming back from uh, being overwhelmed, being overstressed, have to do with breathing. Have to do with being very present. The exercises are all about being in the body, being in the moment. And to finish a point I started a bit earlier, again forgive my meanderings, but hopefully enjoy them too. I did have a some level of stress in thinking that in being present I would be losing the ability to solve problems to be as effective in my professional capacity there may be some trade-off there i don't know and if there is then it's necessary if you are trying to carry too much weight than is healthy for a body divide that load or do it in two trips or whatever you know because otherwise you can put out your back or your brain. Yet, it seems it is not as as much of a trade-off as you may fear. Because with a rested mind that is in a good condition, because of practicing breathing and being present in your body, That well-prepared tool is able to cut sharply and accurately and quickly. So when it is put to task, it may solve problems more efficiently than it had before. And you're all the better for it. And again, if you need assistance, then you're going to be clearer about What assistance you need and from who or where or with what resources and when and how, etc. An exercise that I do every evening and many mornings, not all, is uh, I just love this in the evening. Lying in bed. I'm going to go to sleep. This is the next thing on my agenda. Going to sleep. There's nothing more that I'm going to do. There's nothing more that I have to do. It's not uncommon that my mind sort of runs through some kind of auto list. And I'm grateful for that function because it may remember, oh yeah, the door's not locked, or... Oh yeah, I need to X, Y, Z. Something that is, you know, to, to I need to recharge my battery for my bike uh, so it's charging at night so in the morning I can make it to work or whatever. Those sorts of things are helpful if that happens, but I'm not obsessing on them. That's like an autopilot thing. It's cool. I'm not obsessing or stressing about anything as I lay there in bed the next thing to be sleep. I am hmm, filling my consciousness with the awareness of being. And one way to think about it that it sometimes feels like is if I'm an empty vessel and I'm filled with water, it is that I'm feeling all the water inside of me everywhere. You know, I am aware as I'm lying in whatever position on my side, on my back, some combination of a quarter twist that I'm aware of the, the sensation of being. And I do this at night and I share this experience because I think that it's one of the easiest places to start. When you're there, people are going to leave you alone. You're not going to be distracted. You're not reading. You're not watching TV. You're not looking at your phone. You're not doing anything else. You're in a state of preparation where the next activity is sleep. And so it's the easiest place to give yourself permission to lay there and to sort of study your beingness. Not to become obsessed with that either, or overwhelmed by it. That has happened, where I've become so enthralled by the sensation of presence and being that it actually ticks my mind up a notch and may keep me awake a bit longer. But inevitably, it's a peaceful place to be. I don't mind that, and I'll I'll of course sleep but I feel that that's maybe a bit, a bit uh, too much volume on it. I'd say just to be in a relaxed way aware of being. How does your knee feel on your leg around the bed? Your ankles, your shoulders, your hips, your torso, your hands, your head, your your ear I mean you know every part of your being how does that feel and feel it it's a great opportunity to enter that space and no one's gonna know that you're doing it but you if this sounds like a weird thing to do you got nothing to lose you can try it the benefits of doing that regularly of developing That level of awareness of being are numerous and now we'll get into those there is physical mental emotional and spiritual so when you are practicing this in the evening once you become more accustomed and familiar with the feeling sort of the entryway into this consciousness spreading throughout your physical being then try this during the day, I'm doing it right now, I've been doing it for most of the entire time of the podcast I think some of the stories when I was telling them, I kind of left the physical presence and was more into telling the story from the past Uh, but most of the time I'm sitting here like, um, I don't know it's like I'm a a balloon filled with warm jello or something, you know, uh, it's some awkward way of expressing the feeling of being presently aware of all the volumetric spaciousness that I am at the moment. So, after practicing at night, you can apply this during the day, and you can apply this more and more, and you can apply this when you're waiting in line somewhere, you can apply this when you're sitting on the couch, even if you just do it for a few moments. You can apply it during the day when you're sitting at your desk, uh, you know, for work or for school, or what have you. You can do so anytime. You don't have to be sitting still to do it. You can apply it when when you're walking, when you're moving. And in this way, when you are aware of the physicality in your steps, when you're so like grounded in being, then you are walking when you're walking, sitting when you're sitting, eating when you're eating, as the, the Buddhists uh, encourages to be present-minded in whatever activity you're engaged in. This is a positive practice. This is a healthy practice. The physical benefits will help, say, if you don't have the best posture and you it's something that you want to improve on, to be filling yourself with immediate present feeling and awareness in whatever position you're in, it will help you be more aware of the alignment of your musculoskeletal system, the weight-bearing, pressure points, capacity, misalignments or alignments. Physically, this will help you at a resting state or a passive standing state and if you are physically active being aware of this will also in the same way help you with your form help you become more aware of oh if you're a golfer where your shoulders or hips are um if you're a swimmer you're you know whatever i don't have to and i don't have the real authority to either um but in any, in any activity you're engaged in, your body position, your body mechanics, your kinetics, how you're positioned, how you're moving, how you're following through, your awareness is there. So this helps in a physical way. And when you're working out, I mean, honestly, like to feel these muscle groups, to be aware of, you know, this this subtle change in position, this twist, this... This different angle, like what muscle groups this is activating. This helps physically. Mentally, I've said a lot about that already. But overall, it enables you to not stress. It enables you to let go of the habitual obsessing over ideas, the senselessness and worrying and the accepting of just being present now. Worrying doesn't do anything to help the present moment. The present moment is as it is with or without you worrying. Your worrying only takes away from your health your mental health and your emotional health and perhaps to a degree your physical as well especially if it keeps you up or, or makes you sort of crumple your body in, in some expression of stress uh, but mentally to be present enables a clearer mind with less stress and obsession a quicker ability to see things in an ordered and efficient manner when you need to. And when you don't need to, you're not. And you get this this confidence in it through practice. And in order to, to get that much practice, you have to give yourself permission to practice it. And have whatever amount of courage it takes to give yourself that permission and to then actually take the action of applying it of practicing it but practice being present mentally and and in all forms but mentally and see how it does give you benefits emotionally man I know it has brought me a long way emotionally I used to be uh, at times quite challenged to not have a short fuse with situations where I felt you know I was I could be quite judgy at work uh, to feel that someone wasn't pulling their weight I would also this is always sort of coupled with or married with an understanding of compassion and an extension of recognizing that each person is unique and individual and has their strengths and weaknesses that was always in place but there were times if I felt that someone was being um, incompetent due to laziness or hmm, prejudice bias Things like this, uh, I was pretty quick to judge and get upset. Or if if I was driving and someone was, you know, driving recklessly or not signaling or whatever. Um, or biking and someone does something stupid, whatever. Or, or walking even. One of my pet peeves is if someone <laughs> comes out of an entrance or, or some bottleneck situation, like at the bottom of an escalator or the top of an escalator, and as soon as they get there, they stop and, like, orient themselves, and meanwhile, there's a conveyor belt of human beings behind them, like, coming through. Um, these are situations where I have been quick to have some emotional reaction. These are all habitual emotional reactions. They're also going to be the one-off unique circumstances where I would also get emotional. And in all of these cases, through practicing presence, I have had a much smoother, less spiked, less charged emotional response. Even when I have had... Uh, More recently, I was biking somewhere maybe a month ago. Someone did something stupid, and what came in my mind, and and this comes from grade school because it's the R word, retard, forgiveness. Uh, It's just a bad habit. I recognize it, but it was, you know, effing R word and immediately before even the level got up before much of my blood pressure was raised i recognized that now it's just like oh, you know i smiled at myself like silly and just let it go this kind of emotional calibration towards a more centered calmer state is absolutely one of the side effects from this practice of being presence of being present and by practice at first it will be something you're deliberately doing you're setting out to practice this i'm practicing this right now i'm, I'm you know focusing my my awareness on being and that's fine and it will be that way in the beginning but eventually it will be more natural it will become a more common part of your general state of being and the practice becomes less of an effort of doing the practice than it is of just like being more often in this general state of presence and then finally spiritual and and for all of these reasons i have in this podcast series given sort of small examples and stories from my life and and will be hopeful to have some of these come out of interviews as well but I will allow those to sort of unfold as they will I don't want to be directing them too much whoever is interviewing on this uh, podcast will kind of know that general direction anyways but as far as spiritual goes there seems to be to me a greater alignment with a greater life force that is the universe in being present and in so doing you one experiences more synchronicities more coincidences more positive, beneficial alignments with activities and occurrences and resources and people and events and timing and everything seems to more naturally fall into place in a way which is best for everybody, for everything. It's not forced, it's not stressed, and it's not going against the grain and being present and as Ralph said, agenda-less in this last interview, he said that I seem agenda and and that was cool and I at first mistook that for being without a plan, but he means without uh, a bias, without some uh, agenda, <laughs> um, you know, without a, a, a expected outcome. In being present, there is this, allowing what is as being what is, and you still have your person, who you are, and and increasingly, through presence, you become more aligned with the best that you are and the best gift that you have to give to this world, and as you practice letting go of all of those thoughts of, of illusion that you're able to control things and will be making plans and are obsessively thinking about the past or future when you are able to surrender all of those things to occur at the time that they will and to be present and to apply yourself, your intention, your meaningfulness, your mental capacity, your will, your physical ability uh, to the present moment, to what is happening right now, then everything else like sort of clicks into place together and there is an alignment with a force which is therefore what I call spiritual which seems to be beyond the material beyond the the physical extension of your corporeal self your human skin physical self and becomes aligned with the much greater, beautiful, infinite force that all of this universe is with that, you know, surrendering your 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 demand for being individual and separate, surrendering it to the the non-separate oneness of all, that's also the benefit of of being present. So I think that does it for episode. Twelve. If you have any questions or comments, clarifications, ideas, shared experiences, I love those. Please email me at allone time live at gmail.com. That's allone time live at gmail.com thank you for being here thank you my friend be present love the presence appreciate the life that is swirling within you like warm (laughs) jello however you want to conceive of it appreciate this moment of being alive and that you are a part of a chorus of life which is infinite and on this planet it's a wonderful Miracle of different forms and different places and feelings and individuals and we are all one this life force is, is the same it's only on the outside that it appears to be different but on the inside it is one and the same life force be with that surrender to it, accept it, feel it, love it get to know it, embrace it release it. Allow your being to be just as it is now, without identification or word or expectation, just as it is. And continue from there. So I love you, love yourselves, love each other. Until next time, bye for now.